Welcome to the Comics Are Awesome podcast. I'm your host, Mark Boker, comic book reader, retailer, and evangelist. My featured guest today is Mark L. Miller. Mark has been in comics for about five years now. He's been a contributing writer for the Ain't It Cool News website for 10 years, and he also does art therapy with kids. He's been doing that. He's a licensed therapist uh, in Chicago and been doing that for quite a while. One of the cool things about talking to Mark today is that he was born and raised in Lima, Ohio, where we're located. Alter Ego Comics is here in Lima. So, Mark, there you go. Thanks for being a guest on Comics Are Awesome. Yeah, great. For th- uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, I've given our listeners a brief introduction, but let's get, give them a chance to really get to know you. What's your origin story? How did you discover comics and take us through your journey from reader to creator? Um, well, I, I actually, I read comics since I was probably, I probably learned how to read on comics, basically. Um, I, I think I started reading like when I was about eight years old and, um, never really put them down. I've been reading, uh, reading them, uh, ever since. Uh, so ever since then, I, I even worked in a, a comic book store there in Lima, Ohio. I, um, I worked at the Comic Connection for quite a few years through my teenage years. Um, still reading a lot, still dreaming of, of one day maybe being able to do something like that. Um, and then once I started doing uh, Ain't It Cool News, um, I got to talking with a lot of, a lot of people um, just in the industry, a lot of editors and, and things like that. Um, and I was, I was coming at it more as from a, a reporter's aspect and a journalism aspect. Um, and just uh, interviewing them and talking with them and just really finding out a little bit about the industry. And in doing that, I kind of, um, I, I was approached once just to see if, if they were, in, if I was interested in writing something uh, for a, a small company called Blue Water Comics. They, uh, it, and I kind of said, sure. And, and we just went ahead and, uh, and wrote a script. Um, it, it was a very rough script. I look back on that first script and it was a, it was pretty rough. I don't know how, uh, my artist even got something together from it, but through the years I've been able to kind of tool, like just work on my craft as far as like writing, uh, scripts. Um, I'd been writing since, since a small kid as well. So, um, it's definitely something that, that isn't really new for me um, as far as writing is concerned. But um, having something published, it, it's it's been about uh, five years now since, since my first comic was published. Um, and it's been kind of like a steady crawl um, upward since then. Uh, like I always saw my first comic as my kind of a, an audition for the next project that I could work on. So um, it's been great. I worked for Blue Water for a little bit. I worked, then I worked for Xenoscope, um, which I still work with every now and then. And now I have, uh, and I was working on a, a book called The Jungle Book with them, which um, had pretty good critical and um, sales, uh, sale, sales success, I guess. And then um, now I'm at Black Mask uh, with Pirouette. And uh, it's a new creator-owned comic. Um, Set in Lima, Ohio, um, it, for parts of it, and uh, it's it's a really fun book. Well, that that leads us to the question. Actually, you, you beat me to the punch on the next okay. question, which was the new series is called Pirouette from Black Mask mm-hmm. Comics. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us the the elevator pitch on Pirouette? 
basically, it's a it's a circus horror, clown horror sort of uh, story. Um, but it's it's about a young clown, uh, a female clown who um, grew up in a fa- with a, in a family of clowns in a circus. Um, she's not very happy with her position there. She's not very happy with just the way her life is going. So she um, she dreams of doing other things and. Um, in the first issue, she uh, finds out about one uh, when one what she she's going for one dream, which is to be a trapeze artist. Um, but also, she finds out a little bit about herself that maybe it's possible that she did wasn't really born in the circus, um, and her parents might be somewhere in in Lima, Ohio. So that's where the circus is going next, and um, that's how it that's how the sort of series starts off. Well, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but you were kind enough to share the first issue with me. Sure. <laughs> um, and it didn't go anywhere else. Actually, Black Mask, I think, sent out a preview as well. Uh, oh, good. To okay. everybody, um, to retailers anyway, which I think is very useful. And, and you can probably relate to this having worked in a comic shop. It's really tough. You know, if I didn't know you and if we you know, didn't have a previous relationship, I don't know if I would have ordered this book because yeah. it's from you know it's from a small independent publisher, and being able to see the first issue ahead of time, whether it's a, a known quantity from Image, Marvel, or DC, or something from you know a Black Mask or a Zenoscope, really makes my job a lot easier as far as finding the good stuff and, and making it available for my customers. So this is definitely one of the good things, one of the great things. Um, really enjoyed it, and. I guess I'll, I'll give you give you a compliment here. I mean, I think it's the best oh. thing you've done. I mean, I've read everything that you've published, uh, and I really think this is top notch stuff. I mean, it was really really good. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> really appreciate it. Yeah, we we put a lot of work into this, and Black Mask is is an up and coming company. Um, they had uh, Occupy Comics last year, um, which had Alan Moore and Art Spiegelman uh, working on the on the project there. And they they're a company that goes through Epitaph Records, um, and, and uh, so they have ties with um, a lot of a lot of really interesting places. One of the owners of the company is also Steve Niles, who um, does Thirty Days of Night and a lot of other other horror projects. So that's been um, it's it's definitely something that's up and coming. But yeah, definitely it's it, it's hard to get that first book out there and get people to really take notice of it. Yeah. Now, tell me, who's the artist on this one? I don't have it in front of me, but the artwork is outstanding. Yeah, his name is Carlos Granda, and I worked with him on The Jungle Book um, at Zenoscope a couple of years ago. And ever since then, I lo- I've loved his work. I love the way that we work together. He loves my scripts, and so we we are a really great team. Um, last year at, San- at New York Comic Con, we we got together and started talking about pirouette, and just over the last year, we've been talking about nothing but that. Um, you should the emails that we send back and forth from each other are kind of crazy because it's always consists of just pictures of weird-looking clowns and just weird-looking people and carnies and things like that, and things that we want to include in this series. Uh, so it's it's a lot of fun just to kind of work uh, work with him and and uh talk with him he's from Colombia, so it's not like we can kind of just like take a road trip to hang out and talk about this stuff so everything's done through emails and and phone calls and things like that so um but it's a great collaboration he's such an he's a, such a great artist he's up and coming um i i really am almost afraid that he's going to be 
be uh, too popular after this series and he's not going to want to work with me. But he says he loves this character and he loves this series and he wants to stay stay on this thing. So it is it is the complete package. And that that's what really makes an awesome comic. You know, when you have an incredibly strong story combined with the artwork, it just makes a you know a great comic. And I think this is this is one of those. I know a lot of people locally are really looking forward to uh, to checking it out. I want to mention that you're going to actually be here at Alter Ego Comics on Saturday, October 25th for our Halloween Comic Fest event. Mm-hmm. Lots of people excited about it. In fact, I was talking to our mayor last week. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> he was, cool. I was talking about it in a meeting somewhere, and he was there, and he's like, hey, that's really cool that uh, Mark's coming back to town. He's got this comic that takes place in Lima. So. Oh, great. Is he a comic book fan? He's he's a little bit of a sci-fi fan, not so much oh, cool. into comics, but uh, okay. maybe you know through our combined effort we can push him in that direction <laughs> yeah we'll we'll convert him yeah <laughs> well we, we talked a little bit about pirouette uh but let's change gears a little bit and talk about what it's like being part of the ain't it cool news family you know you've been there for 10 years that's a long time and ain't it cool news is arguably the most popular entertainment website out there for geeks yeah it's i mean it's been around for ages it was one of the first ones and um it gets a lot of of criticism and everything um through the years but i think it's it also has that uh kind of uh that that respect as as being the the first one out there um i came on a little bit late in the game around uh, around the I guess uh, 2001 or something. That's when we. That's when I started writing for them, and I did the comic section uh, for them for ever since then. I'm still doing it there. I'm, I'm the editor of that, and then I also do a horror column, which I look at a lot of horror films and and uh, talk about just recent ones, uh, ones from the past, and things like that. So it's been. Um, it's been fun. It's been a way for me to kind of talk about things that I love. And um, I think that's the reason why people come to that site is because it deals with the, it's that, that niche audience that deals with comics and movies and, and the blending of, of all of that. And, um, and it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's a side project for me. Um, it, it always has been, but it always seems I've always treated it like a full-time job. Um, it's been a lot of fun to, to talk to like a lot of creators and work with, uh, work with a lot of companies as far as, um, getting the word out there for indie books as well as just the mainstream books. But, um, I've always had a passion for independent comics, um, and independent horror films as well. So, um, I have a, I've built like a really nice community of people that, Actually, um, uh, they it's it's just great. It's kind of like we all come together and hang out on on Fridays as I talk about comics or I talk about horror films, and uh, they they talk. We all talk back in the talkbacks um, down below the stories and everything. So it's a lot of fun to do. Um, so I, yeah, it's just been great. Cool. Well, you say you've been or you say you've been writing comics for about five years or so. Mm-hmm. Do you have a proudest moment as a comic book creator? Uh, let's see. I don't know. I think I think you always remember the first comic you've ever had published, and you 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 have it. You bought it, and you look at it in your hands, and it's just it's there. Um, I uh, I I really love that sort of feeling, but it's one of those fleeting feelings that as soon as it's as soon as that happens, it's. It's like the news moves on to something else or there's people move on and, and it's not really that important anymore. I guess I just get that I get giddy every time that happens. Like every time I, I put something out and uh and there's that uh there's that comic there on the shelves and I can I can look at it and and 
it's that moment where I get in the store, I look to the shelf, and it's that whole like ten seconds for me to get to the get to the shelf and pick up the comic. I guess so. That's <laughs> cool. That's that's the proudest moment, I guess. Well, and you're in a unique position because you were doing interviews with comic creators before you actually became a comic creator. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll follow that up with: Do you have a favorite interview that you've done with someone? Uh. I interviewed Adam West a couple of years ago. I had lunch with him, and it was just amazing because I had the whole thing rolling the whole time. And just to have him ordering clam chowder and <laughs> just getting really excited about the clam chowder he was eating. Um, and he had this, in the usual um, Adam West voice, it was just amazing. Uh, that that was great. Um, and I I don't know. I, I've had little moments. I sat with uh, Chris Hemsworth a, a couple years ago and had an interview with him. That was really cool. Um, it, then there are other ones where I, I talked with Rowdy Rowdy Piper, who is a hero of my of my youth. And that's been that was just fantastic just to be able to kind of sit and talk with the hot rod and, and really just like go back to uh, and I was all of a sudden I was a 10 year old kid again watching him at WrestleMania. <laughs> and it was just so excited to see see someone like that. But as far as the comic industry, um, I love uh, talking with uh, Scott Snyder and Jeff Johns. I, I talk with Jeff Johns every year at San Diego um, and it, just to not only does he uh, he recognized me, which is like something that just makes me geek out all the time. But he also asks, asks about my uh, comics. And I'm just like, wow, Jeff Johns actually knows that I am a writer and have, have my own comics. And it's just kind of, it's really kind of uh, an honor to have him uh, even acknowledge that um, he he might even have like, has browsed through a comic that I wrote or something like that. But um, he's always fun to talk with. Um, and uh, then there are other ones like Menton uh, 3, who lives in Chicago here, who I see all the time at comic book stores and events and things like that. Um, he's always fun to talk with and interview. Yeah, I mean, you really live in a great area for comic creators. You know, there are so many great creators in the Chicago area. Uh, it's it's kind of a, an unknown feeling for me because we're in Lima. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, you know the closest thing would be Columbus, and you know there is a decent uh, comic book creator base in Columbus as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know you you are our poster child <laughs> for <our> comic <laughs> book creators in Lima. So that's well, a heavy burden to bear. Uh, yeah, hopefully you can handle it. <laughs> I will try to uh, honor that well. <laughs> well, so far so good. Yeah. Uh, well, if you could pick one comic book series other than your own to recommend, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, and I know this is tough because you read probably more or as many comics as I do. Uh, I yeah, I do, and I uh, I really love a lot of the stuff from Valiant, um, but I also am really loving. Um, uh, maybe I'll pick two. The I, image is just impressing me so much these days, and I really do love Saga. And I I love Outcast, which is the new uh, book from Robert Kirkman. Um, I love those two books a lot. I think that both of them are really kind of um, they're they're Outcast for it being something kind of new and just straight up horror, and um, still kind of trying to do the same thing that that Kirkman did with uh, The Walking Dead, and Saga just because it's just amazing from from one issue to the next um it's it is is exactly a saga where um you have this long long story about this the with this super exciting cast and it it feels like star wars um back when star wars was the 
was at the top of its game. And um, it's it's that hope that we all feel that's going into the new Star Wars movies. It, that's what Saga feels like, it seems. Wow. I mean, that's that's high praise. If J.J. Abrams <laughs> can pull off uh, even half of the uh, drama and excitement and sci-fi action that we see in Saga, then uh, we should feel good about Episode 7. Yeah, I hope he's reading that, that story because it does really capture that kind of feeling of, of sci-fi and fantasy and wonder and, and just kind of, it's it's just great. But, well, I, I was just saying to some people who hadn't read, actually, they they read the first volume of Saga. Uh, but that was it, and we were kind of talking about it. And I said, you know, I really don't think we've seen creatures like this since the original Star Wars, as far as just the craziness that that Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples are pulling off with the different characters that we're seeing. Um, you know, and it kind of makes me think of the cantina scene in Star Wars, or just how there were you know these creatures that we saw as kids in the original trilogy, and we're just blown away. And you know, now we see adult versions of those. In definitely, Saga. yeah. And this is definitely a more, much more adult story than than Star Wars. But I think this is like um, I'm sure Brian K. Vaughn grew up with the rest of like the rest of us and watched uh, Star Wars with all of us, and he shared that that kind of passion and 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 how much how awesome Star Wars was. And it seems like that's what he's bringing to to this one, definitely. Well, what excites you most about the comic book industry today? You've you've been part of it from working retail to reporting on it to now creating comics for the industry. Mm-hmm. What has you most excited about the industry today? Uh, I think um, I as big as it seems, it it it's it is pretty exciting to kind of see it from the the inside kind of perspective of of how how small it really is as well. I think that I mean, yes, it's a it it is big business and everything, um, but it it's interesting to see how people come to like they they come up, they try to build their own like independent sort of story just to get just to get uh, kind of discovered by Marvel or DC only to go back to the indie books to kind of go to and have fun with, uh, with their own projects. Um, it's just kind of fun seeing that kind of loop-de-loop that happens in the industry um, between the creators. And it's, it's becoming much more clear if you just really follow the paths of some of these, these creators. And so it, it really does, um, it, it makes it exciting just to see that um, not only is is Marvel and DC, uh, they, they're kind of giving these, um, they're they're expanding on their own universes, which is still really exciting. And I still read a lot of Marvel and DC, but also seeing the smaller companies rise up, like Image. I mean, really, Image has really in the last couple of years just really taken charge and risen up to be one of the best uh, comic book companies out there. And to see what Image does and then to see what companies like Black Mask can do who kind of are basing things on, a, on an Image model a little bit, um, I think that that's, that's just really exciting to see. Um, new comics, new creators, new stars being formed and things like that. Um, I know if uh, you're probably like me, you see these... Uh, these uh, writers and artists who start out on these small books and then they just keep on developing and keep on growing and you see that development and that's that's just really exciting to see uh, someone really come into their craft and uh, and become like the superstar that that you might have seen in that one panel in that one book and it hits you and it's kind of the same thing it it really just push you it that's the fuel for me to to want to do better and want to want to do uh, great comics as well. 
Well, that was an incredible kind of summary for where the comic book industry now is now. I mean, you <laughs> did a great job of summing it up, and we of course see that here at the at the retail level with you know people that that make a name. You know, I guess Matt Fraction is the one that's jumping to mind for me, and there are literally dozens of people I could name, but. You know, Fraction was doing Casanova, and then you know he was doing a bunch of stuff at Marvel. He seemed like he was writing six or eight books over at Marvel, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of weaned himself off of Marvel and and back to his creator on stuff with Satellite Sam and Sex Criminals and you know Odyssey that's coming out. And you know, there's so many other people that I could name, but you, you're absolutely right. It seems like there's kind of this roller coaster where you know you start at one point, you achieve enough recognition that the big boys hire you. And then you continue to achieve recognition, but you want to tell your stories and, yeah. and not tell stories for, you know, a licensed character. And, and I'm with you. I still read a ton of Marvel and DC stuff every week and I love it. But you know that there's only so much that they can do with those characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's your own thing, then you have the flexibility and the freedom to do whatever you want. And that's where I think the the story gold is these days, as you said, is with the, the creator on stuff. It's just, you know, there's so much to choose from for all all tastes and all walks of life. There's something for everybody um, in creator-owned land. Yeah, yeah. And I think Robert Kirkman has really been a trailblazer uh, for all of that. I think that um, everybody thought he was crazy a couple of years ago when he kind of came out against Marvel and DC and was really encouraging people to go out and do this stuff. But um, he really was, uh, uh, he was, a, 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 I don't know, a... He was one of the forefathers of, of this, the way it is right now, I think. So he's, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and I don't think it has to be a, an either or, an us and them. And I, I think some people kind of paint that picture. I know several creators at one point have said, well, I'm never working for Marvel again, or I'm never working for DC again. Now, granted, I haven't been in their shoes and, yeah. and dealt with heavy-handed editors or you know having to change a storyline because now your, your book is part of a crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think from a comic fan standpoint, it's, we're just living in a new golden age, and it's been that way for, for several years, but I think it just keeps getting stronger and stronger with the the bar being raised uh, as far as quality storytelling, not just with the indie stuff, but you know we're seeing some amazing stuff happen in mainstream books from DC and Marvel. So, just a, a great time to be a comic book fan or to get into comic books. Yeah, I think so too. Definitely. Well, that leads us to our our final question of the interview, and that is, why do you think that comics are awesome? Uh, comics are awesome because they don't have a well, they have a budget, but it's not the budget that you think it is. I mean, it, it, we have comics have a budget about like you know how many covers you can have or or what kind of uh, how many pages you can have and things like that. But as far as like um, like what you can see on a panel and what you can see in a story, there's there's no limits. And I don't think there's another. I mean, other than than books and who reads those? <laughs> but, I don't have time to read regular books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, movies. Uh, it's always limited by what the studio allows. Um, and tell same thing with television. Um, uh, but with comics, all it is is just the create the writer and the artist. And um, if you have someone with a, a, a untapped imagination, I think that you you really do get stuff that you don't see anywhere else. And that's why I love comics. Wow, that is a great answer. I, I think we might just use that last sentence that you said. You get things you don't see anywhere else yes, in comics. Yes. That's that's the <laughs> takeaway, folks. Um, well, I, I do want to thank you for being so generous with your time. I know you have a lot of things to do. Uh, but before we sign off, where can people find you online? 
Uh, you can reach me. I'm on Twitter at uh, Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Um, and then you can always find me on Ain't It Cool News. I post, um, I post pretty much almost every day of the week uh, or the weekdays. Uh, I do a podcast on Tuesdays on comics. I do uh, the, I edit the column for comics on on Wednesdays, Thursdays, we do a horror podcast, and Fridays, I do my regular horror um, reviews and uh, and things like that. Um, and uh, I, I mean, you can you can probably uh, in in my email is is on that site all the time, so you can contact me there as well. Um, and, and I don't know if you mentioned, but you go by Ambush Bug. On, yes, I, <laughs> on any cool news, you I don't did, use your yeah, real name. <laughs> I forgot to, yeah, I forgot to mention that. But yeah, I've been doing, I've been doing that um, since the beginning, and so I just haven't been able to shake that name yet. So it's still Ambush Bug on 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 Ain't It Cool. So but. when you're like 85 years old, uh, <laughs> and someone is giving a eulogy, it will be for Ambush Bug. No. Yes, yes, he was known as Ambush Bug online. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that sounds but, awesome. Um, yeah. Now, you mentioned New York Comic Con earlier. Are you going to be at New York Comic Con this year? I am. Uh, yeah, Pirouette comes out this Wednesday on the uh, October 8th, and um, I'll be at New York Comic Con probably signing a lot of books, and, and I actually have a reinventing horror panel where I'm talking with um, – I, I have uh, – uh, oh, gosh, I, I need to have my list in front of me um, – I have Frank Barbieri, who did Five Ghosts. Um, I have uh, Justin Jordan, who is the writer of The Spread. Um, and I also have Matt Pizzolo, who's the publisher of Black Mask Comics. Um, also, and Jeremy Gardner, who's a director of a fantastic zombie movie called The the battery, which is, and which is a great uh, zombie movie, but that it, the panel is called "Reinventing Horror," and we just talk about new trends in horror and why we love horror and things like that. Um, and there's also a black mask panel that I'm going to be sitting on. So there'll be two panels that I'm going to be at, and then um, and yeah, and then I'm going to be in Lima in a couple of weeks, and that'll be an awesome time. I can't wait to be there. Well, you, you're going to be fed up with me by the time you get here because I also will be at New York Comic Con. So oh, I have you to, Good. you know, I'll be swinging by the panels and saying hi. We inevitably run into each other whenever at the same show. We do. Uh, it's <laughs> always somewhere somewhere in Artist Alley, just kind of wandering around and everything. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. great. So I will, I will make a point of stopping by to visit. And cool. then, as Mark said, he will be here visiting at Alter Ego Comics in Lima on Saturday, October 25th. Uh, from noon until four, that is when we're doing Halloween Comic Fest. We'll have copies of Pirouette Number One that Mark can sign, as well as his other books like Jungle Book and such. Mm-hmm. And it's just gonna be great to welcome you back to Lima. I think we're having a parade for you, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that there will be you'll be it will be Mark L. Miller Day in oh, Lima. Oh wow! Okay. I, I've submitted well, the paperwork for that, so I don't know so if that. I'm ready for that. But. <laughs> Well, I again want to thank you for taking the time today, Mark, and uh, thank you again for being one of the reasons that comics are awesome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Comics Are Awesome. If you enjoyed the show, head on over to iTunes and rate us five stars and leave us a review. We read each and every one. <laughs>